0: Today Thank you for joining us on a r- rainy morning. Thank you to those uh, that are here for the first time. welcome and to those online as well. Uh, my name is Josiah Grothy. Uh, the mission of our church. Washire Community Church is a gathered group of Christians who exist to give creating and meaningful worship to God and to discover and develop disciples of Jesus Christ. We strive to love God. And love others fervently. Very brief announcements this morning. Only two, really. Uh, The Hoopmans. We have a vote for their membership today. So in front of you and your seats, in a little pocket there, you'll find a little card to to, uh, vote on. So if you take a minute today to do that, and then just drop it in the offering plate as that goes by later. And then secondly, there is a family meeting tonight at 5 p.m. It'll be in the sanctuary, and there is going to be food included in that as well. And then we're going to do a scripture reading. I believe it'll go up on the screen for you folks as well. It's going to be 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 14 through 18. As soon as that comes up, then I'll start reading. Okay, so if you'll read with me here. of these matters there are some things in them that are hard to understand which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures you therefore beloved knowing this beforehand take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. All right, and if we'd all bow our heads. um, Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this day you've given us. Thank you for the changing of the seasons. Thank you for all of these people who've gathered here to worship you, and not just here, Lord, but in our town, our county, and across the country, um, may the church in America um, be a church that is strong in our faith and love and our commitment to your word. Um, may we be a shining light to the world, and not let ourselves be not let ourselves be swayed by mediocrity by um, by lukewarmness lord may we love and honor you in all we do and and do that in this service today as well
1: it is a little different when we sing songs that sometimes are 200 300 years old And, and to think about it when you're singing it um that you're joining the christians of all time who have sung those uh sung those songs so it's great to go back and and sing those on occasion, and to hold them in your hearts. Um, You've probably had this happen before. Uh, My mother passed away uh, about 14 years ago, and uh, she died of Alzheimer's. Um, But the thing that she held on to, to the very end, was I could sing any one of those songs, and my mother, who didn't even know who I was, would chime in and sing. And it says, some of them, they register, they register. Well, we, I am so thankful that we are at the end of 2nd Peter, 2nd uh, Peter chapter 3, uh, verses 14 through 18. <clears throat> and uh, if, uh, if you're part of one of the going deeper classes, they're staying at 11 o'clock from 11 to 1145, you'll get to go into this passage a little bit deeper. That's at 11 o'clock. There's two classes that meet in here. There's one that meets in the parent room, and there's two that are downstairs. Feel free to jump in on those. Um, if you got a bulletin this morning, we ran out this morning. Wow, we ran out of bulletin. But in the bulletin, if you don't have a scripture journal, the scripture passage is there along with some sermon notes. I've titled this uh, the, the, the Last Recorded Words of Peter. That's, that's as far as we know. These are the last recorded words of Peter. Before before he's martyred. Um, And the final therefores. There's two therefores in this passage that Peter will give us in this passage of Scripture. But I wanted to give a bit of review, uh, two weeks of review of this chapter, of chapter three. Uh, He starts it off by saying the scoffers will say, the scoffers will say, basically, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? You've been saying he's coming back again. It's been 30 years, he's still not here. Where is Jesus? And then their claim is, nothing has ever changed. Ever since creation, nothing's ever changed, kind of thing. That that scoffing might be the same today. Okay, we've been saying Jesus is coming back and it's been 2,000 plus years. They might say, Where is Jesus? And they might say the same thing, Nothing has ever changed. Nothing has ever changed. The way Paul, Peter responds today, he says, Wait a minute. Now that's my improvision there. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What about the flood? What about the flood? If you say nothing has changed ever since creation, what about the flood? And we know that Peter loves Noah and the flood. And after he describes this about Noah is this herald of righteousness and, and, and the judgment that came upon the world during that time, and, and by his very word, it, everything was destroyed, but he, he saved those on the flood. He said, God says there's another judgment coming. Another judgment is coming by his word. It's not going to come by flood, but it's going to come by fire. Keep going here. The first ark was provided and directed by God. God. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord, and God told Noah, build this ark. Be a herald of righteousness, and over this 100, 120 years, he's preaching about turning back to God. And anybody and everybody that was on the ark was what? Physically, they were physically delivered um, from God's wrath, from God's judgment. Even the animals, all, he got, God brought all the animals together to, to save them from this judgment, God's wrath. But then Peter tells us there's a second better ark. And that second better ark, his name is Jesus. And this Jesus was provided and directed by God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God provided this better ark named Jesus to provide a spiritual deliverance from God's wrath, from God's judgment. Wrap it up here. The wait, because that's what the scoffers are asking about, the wait is because God is patient. He's patient to fulfill his promise of salvation. To those who will not perish, and reach repentance. That's why we have to wait. He's waiting for those who will will accept him, come to him, respond to him with this repentance. And those who are in, in the better ark, Jesus, in Christ, are to be living holy and godly lives, waiting for and hastening the second coming of Jesus and a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. And we finished last week with this kind of this question, Am I living my life in light of Jesus' return? Am I living my Christian life in light of Jesus' return? And so maybe, maybe that made you think, you know, because that will make you speak differently, work differently, raise your children differently, uh, love your spouse differently. It, it, it should change every aspect of your life. If you're living your life in light, that Jesus is coming again. He is coming again. So that takes us to um, our passage today. And I'm just going to kind of walk down through it this morning. Verse 14, he says, therefore, therefore, this is the first therefore. And he says, therefore, beloved. And I kind of put some questions there. Don't feel free like you have to fill all these and write all these down. But who are the beloved? Remember, the beloved are the dear ones, the worthy of praise, the dear ones to Paul, Peter, who is writing this, he's writing it to the Christians, the persecuted Christians in Asia Minor. So he's writing it to the church. He's writing this to the church. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, so what are the beloved already doing? They're waiting. And then what are these? If you go back to verse 13, we're waiting for the second coming of Christ and the new heavens and the new earth. Since you are waiting for these, what else are the beloved doing? be diligent. Be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. That word, be diligent. And in this sermon, I'm going to go back and forth a bit here because it's kind of wrapping up everything. But in 2 Peter in chapter, chapter 1, verse 5, he says that term again, be diligent, when he says this, for this very reason, make every effort. That's the same thing. Be diligent. Make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and with virtue knowledge. And then he gives us that whole big list. He is telling that we need to be, make every effort to be found by him. To be found by him. He uses this term again all the way back in 1 Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 6 and 7. Way back there. We started this in June. Did you remember that? We started this in June, and now we're getting to the end. But it says, in this you rejoice, though for now a little while. If necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, the genuineness of your faith, and then he describes it, more precious than gold and perishes, though it is tested by fire. And then he says, may be found. There it is may be found. So what may be found? The genuineness of your faith may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor of the revelation of Jesus Christ. May we be found without spot or blemish. Now, that doesn't mean that you're perfect. Lots of times what Peter's been doing in this book is he's comparing true Christians with false Christians. And so he puts these descriptions because we know that the only reason that we can stand without spot or blemish before a holy God is because we follow the one who is without spot or blemish. It's not us. We we have responded. We have reached out to the one who died on the cross for our sins. He is the one without spot or blemish. But it's because of him that we stand before him. We are found by him without spot or blemish. Peter, when he talks about the false Christians or the, the false teachers, You'll see here, he, he does the opposite in chapter 2, verse 13, when he says, they count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are blots and blemishes. So he says, no, you need to be different than the false teachers and the false Christians who are blots and blemishes. No, you need to be without spot or blemish. And then he says, at peace, a state of tranquility. That's what that word means. And the only peace that we can have in this whole world is when we are at peace with God. And all through this series, we have taken Peter and we've married him with Paul and kept going back and forth between the two. And if you go to Romans chapter five and verse nine, you'll hear about this peace. It says, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him, Through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We now have peace with God. He says to them, beloved, since you're waiting for these, the second coming of Christ, the new heavens and the new earth, be diligent, make every effort to be found with him without spot or blemish and at peace. Verse 15, and count. The word for count there means regard, think, to lead with this thought, to, 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 on the forefront of your mind. On the forefront of your mind, have this, the patience of our Lord as salvation. Now, we looked at that last week. That our God is patient. The patience of our Lord in chapter First Peter chapter three verse twenty, when he talked about the days of Noah, and he said God was patient. The patience of God during that time. And last week when we looked, he said the reason that there's this wait is because God is patient. So on the forefront of your mind, have the patience of our Lord as salvation, as salvation that we are thinking about the salvation of souls, the salvation of souls. Again, we. Put Peter and Paul together. And I think it's really interesting as Peter, as Paul is speaking to a young man named Timothy, and he says these words to him in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2 and verse 10. He's describing himself, he says, Therefore I, Paul, endure everything. I endure everything. It's on the forefront of my mind. This is uh, what I get up in the morning, and this is what I'm thinking about. I endure everything for the sake of the elect that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. That's probably another big question. Is that the forefront of our minds? That we are thinking about others and them coming to, to know Jesus Christ as their savior. And then he says, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you. So some questions here. Who, is, who was Paul to Peter? Well, Paul was beloved, so he was a dear one, worthy of praise. He was a brother, not a physical brother, but a spiritual brother in the Lord. And what is Paul also doing with this group of beloved? Just as Paul also wrote to you. So not only is Peter writing to this group of persecuted Christians in Asia Minor, but Paul is doing the same thing. They're getting letters from Paul. And then he says, according to the wisdom given to him. Where is Paul's wisdom coming from? It's not coming from him. It's been given to him. And I want to go back to 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19 through 21, because this was a major point that Peter made in this this letter. He says, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. I'll stop right there. He says, "I, I was an eyewitness of him. I breathed the same air he did. I rubbed shoulders with them. I heard what he said. But we have the more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention to as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So that's why that's why Peter says of Paul according to the wisdom that is given to him it's been given to him by the holy spirit he's Paul is or Peter is continually elevating the word of god then he says as he does in all his letters so he is Paul as Paul does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters well who is the them when he speaks in them is the letters When he speaks in his letters of these matters, well, what are these matters? Well, we go back to what Peter's been talking about. Peter's is basically talking about our salvation, our salvation that has been provided by God, um, uh, purchased by Jesus and polished by the Holy Spirit. He, He talks about salvation. Peter has talked about how we live our lives how we live out as saved people. Peter also has talked about false teachers. He's talked about the wolves and in, in, in sheep's clothing. He's talked about that. And the last thing, he's talked about the second coming of Jesus Christ. So those are the things that Peter has talked about. Paul has talked about those same things in his letters, if you read his letters. Then it says, there are some things in them that are hard to understand. Isn't that an interesting? phrase in the Bible. There are things in, some things in them, in those letters that Paul wrote that are hard to understand. A couple things here. What has Peter been doing? He's been reading Paul's letters. I mean, he couldn't say that unless he read Paul's letters. So Paul is writing these letters. And what is Peter, the great apostle, doing? He's sitting down reading Paul's letters. And then what else is Peter doing? Peter is being what again? One of the things that we have pointed out in this study of 1 Peter and 2 Peter is there is quite a difference between the Peter of the epistles and the Peter in the Gospels. Peter in the Gospels was proud. Peter in the Gospel put his foot in his mouth many times. Peter in the Gospels many times would tell Jesus what to do. No, this is how it's going to go. Whole different Peter when we get to the epistles. And we see humble Peter, humble Peter, Peter, Apostle Peter, walked along with Jesus. And he says, you know what? There's some stuff in there that's hard to understand. Even for me, it's really hard to understand. He's being humble. And then he says, which the ignorant, which means unlearned, and the unstabled, which means unsteadfast, twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. Now, again, here's like without spot or blemish. That is different than the false teachers who are with spot and blemish. Now he's saying, "You're to be different than ignorant and unstable. You're to be learned. You are to know and be steadfast. And I took us back to that second Peter uh, chapter one, verses five through seven, when he gives us that list again, and you'll see it in the list. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue with virtue, knowledge. We are to know. We are, we are not to be ignorant. We are to know. And that knowledge, self-control, and with self-control, with steadfastness. We are not to be wobbly. No, we are to be stable. We are to be stable. And then it says steadfast, godliness, godliness, brotherly affection, brotherly affection, and love. They take and twist. They turn the scriptures around. They turn them awry, and he puts on there for their own destruction, back to Paul again. When Paul gives his final address to the Ephesian elders as he's leaving, and he gives them a bunch of warnings, here's one of the warnings. Acts chapter 20, verse 30, it says, Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth. They'll twist it in order to draw away disciples after them. Who are we to make disciples of? Ourselves? No, of Jesus Christ. They distort and turn disciples after them. And then he says that we are, that as they do with other scriptures, and it's a little tiny point here, but what is Peter doing here? What is he calling Paul's letters? What is he equating Paul's letters with? With scripture. So Peter is saying these letters that Paul are, are writing are just the same as scripture. Their holy scripture, just like the Old Testament. And now we have the New Testament that Paul's given. Verse 17, you therefore, here's the second therefore, beloved, dear ones, knowing this beforehand. So here's the final warning. And he's done plenty of warnings in this book. Peter has continued to let them know, knowing this beforehand. I, I, I don't have these in order, but let me give these to you. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12 through 15. Here's a summary of how he wants these people to know something. He says, therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. I remind you of something you already know, that you know them and they are established in the truth that you have. I think it right as long as I am in the body to stir you up by way of reminder. I'm reminding you of something you already know. Since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon as the Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, I will make every effort. There's that phrase again, diligent. I'm going to be diligent so that after my departure, you may be able at any time, at any time to recall, to know again, to know again these things, these things. first uh, Peter, back to first Peter chapter 4 and verse 12 said, beloved, do not be surprised, he says. Don't be surprised. Why are you not surprised? Because I already told you. I told you ahead of time. I want you to know. Don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something were strange happening to you. No, it shouldn't be strange because we already know. We already know. Uh, 2 Peter, the start of this chapter that we're in. This is now the second letter I'm writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I'm stirring up Your sincere mind by way of reminder. I'm reminding something of you that you already know, that you should remember the predictions of the old of the holy prophets, that's old testament, and the command of the Lord and Savior through his our apostles, that's the New Testament, knowing this first of all. What does he want them to do? He wants them to know. He wants them to know, first of all, the scoffers will come in the last days. Uh, with scoffing, following their own simple desires, and then I put another one on. It's not on the sheet. It's not up there. Uh, but First Peter chapter five verse nine. Just one more here. First Peter chapter five verse nine. It says, "Resist him, firm in the faith." And then he says, "Knowing." He wants you to know. He wants you to stand firm in the faith because you know that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. You don't stand alone. There are others, and you know this. You know this. So Peter, all out, saying, knowing this beforehand, take care that you're not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. Um, take care. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Uh, Pastor Robert said this on Wednesday night, and it clicked in my head because I had already put this down kind of thing. But how we are to stand firm and uh, lest you lest you fall, be on your guard. When we were at this conference on Monday, there were ten of us that were able to go. There was a speaker named Colin Smith, and he talked to, to these spiritual leaders about the greatest sin on spiritual leaders' lives is is spiritual pride. Is spiritual pride, and he says, and this is kind of a paraphrase of it, but he said we usually overestimate our willing spirit and we underestimate our weak flesh we think that our flesh is as strong as our spirit many times and that gets us in trouble but he says don't follow them otherwise you'll lose your stability you'll lose your it doesn't say lose your salvation he says lose your stability and where is our stability our stability is not in our efforts It's not in our abilities. It's not in our good deeds. It's not in our moralisms. It's not in uh, our man-made rules. It's not in our longevity. It's not in our reputation. Our stability, the only thing that you can stand upon is that Jesus is Lord. That's the only thing that you can stand upon. He is your stability. Don't lose that focus of keeping focused on him. I think I blew right by one point on there, that that's what keeps us in track. I call it the three M's, right? The three M's? That what keeps us on track as a church is that our message is Jesus. It's nothing else but Jesus. That he is the Christ, the son of the living God. That he is the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through him. That our message is Jesus. Our method, our method is discipleship. What does he do? He puts us in a family. You're with your family this morning. He puts you in a family and he puts you in that family to love one another, care for one another, um, confess to one another, forgive one another. You're in this family to be discipled so that you grow and mature more in Christ likeness. That's our method is discipleship. And and then our motivation of all of this is love, is love. We love because he first loved us and because he first loved us and we love him, we love him and we love others. And so out of that love, we tell the message of Jesus and enter into this family of God that he has put us in. Verse 18, but grow in the grace of the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow, increase, grace. um, Many times people will say that's undeserved or unmerited favor. Um, We need to increase in understanding God's grace toward us i don't think we all get it at the first crack but you don't deserve heaven we all deserve hell and so god's grace is is first off you're not going to get what you deserve but then it goes beyond that because if you don't get what you deserve you could In our world today, you could say, that's mercy. I I gave him some mercy on that. I gave him some mercy on, I let that slide. Yeah, he should have got this. Well, I healed off. Mm. And so in our world today, we kind of call that mercy. But when you say undeserved or unmerited favor, not only do you not get what you deserve, but you receive something. You receive favor from God. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. We increase in understanding this grace that God has given to us and also the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The knowledge, the understanding, and where do we get that from? The grace is God's action that the knowledge comes from God's words, his very words that have been given to us. And then Peter has done this like three times now. He he strings these together, Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, he's your master. He's the one that you belong to. He's your Savior. He's your Redeemer. He's the one who rescued you. He's Jesus, the God-man, the one that hung on the tree for you. And he's the Christ. He's the anointed one. He's the one sent by God for you. For you. He strings them all together and then he closes with this doxology a doxology doxal means glory it's a glory so to him be glory both now and to the day of eternity and all God's people said amen amen so these doxologies are all over so Romans 11 let me just give you a couple in the scriptures 11:36 here's what Paul said for from him and through him and to him are all things, to him be the glory forever. And God's people said, amen, amen. Let me give you another one. In Jude, we have this in our scripture journals, verses 24 and 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless, without spot or blemish, blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, Our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, here he says, To God be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. And that phrase that's in this one, both now and to the day of eternity. And to be thinking on that, ponder on that, think about that. That when do we give glory to God? We give glory to Him now now and to the day, all the way through our lives, to the day of eternity that we give to Him. How do I close this? I want to give you a, a I think I put it on the sheet there, a famous preacher, when he went through this passage of Scripture, he, he strung a bunch of words together. As the beloved, as the dear ones of God, as the, as the family of God, we live in anticipation. That's the first line there. Anticipation, verse fourteen. We're waiting. We're waiting for these, and maybe you're thinking, anticipation is making. Yeah, that goes through my head too. We live in anticipation of these things. Second one, we live in pacification, pacification, verse fourteen. At peace, at peace. We get pacifier from that. What do you do when the kids go? Ah, yeah, yeah. Find, where's that pacifier? And you stick that pacifier in there, and they, they're at peace. Yeah, we're at peace. We are to be live in peace with God. Third one, in purification, verse fourteen, without spot or blemish. When I wrote that one down, I thought, okay, that's. That sounds like a laundry commercial, you know, for shout, you know, get the spot out. We live in evangelization, uh, verse fifteen, with the patience of our Lord as Savior. That's on the forefronts of our minds that we live in knowing that he is patient, he has not come yet because he is still saving. He is still saving. Um, We sang a whole bunch of old songs this morning. How many remember this one? Uh, Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, we will come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. And like, what are sheaves? Yeah, I know, that's that's an old one. Um, We live in discrimination or discernment. Verse 17, take care that you are not. So there are certain things we are not. So we live in this that there are warnings that have been given to us that we need to to follow. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Boy, you're all looking at me like, whoo, where's that one come from? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Yeah. Um, We live in maturation, uh, verse 18, but grow in, but grow in, increase, I know we've got some gardeners in here, and you've been putting out plants or you're thinking about putting out plants and and you're just already thinking about what's good We drove up to the uh, to the funeral and we went through all that farm country up there, and there were tractors out there t- pull it, turning over the soil with discs and I mean you that the, you could smell the soil coming right through the vents in the car, yeah, but we grow in. And we, beloved, we live in adoration. To Him be the glory. We live in adoration. To Him be the glory. To God be the glory. Great things He has done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son. So, beloved, we live in anticipation, pacification, purification, evangelization, discrimination, maturation, and adoration. How do I finish this? I knew how I wanted to finish this series. I want us to go back to 1 Peter. It's not on your sheets, but I want us to go back to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10 and 11. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10 and 11. When he tells these persecuted Christians, and after you have suffered a little while, after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, everybody say all, All, all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself, everybody say himself, 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 restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Who will restore you? He will. Who will confirm you? He will. Who will strengthen you? He will. Who will establish you? He will. will to him be dominion forever and ever. And all God's people said, amen. We got to end with Paul because we've done this all the way through. And I've read this one before in this series too. Philippians chapter three, verse 20. Philippians chapter three, verse 20. And I call this one the pause passage because it's, you have to pause. First, or Philippians three, verse 20, it says, but our citizenship is in heaven pause and we eagerly await a savior from there pause the lord jesus christ cheer the lord jesus christ woo yeah that's that, that's where the cheer comes in who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his Control. Pause. I mean, man, things are so out of control. Things are so out of control today. And you just kind of wonder, how can it even... uh, You don't even know what to think anymore. But the scriptures say, which Peter elevates, the power that enables him to bring everything under his control. Will. Will will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. This is what we wait for. This is what we are longing for. This is what is on the the forefront of our mind is that this wait that has happened is because Jesus is coming again and Jesus is still in the act of saving people, drawing His flock in. And that's what we look forward to. We look forward to. Would you stand with me? We'll have prayer, and we'll sing our final song. And I think there's an announcement that's after that. But Heavenly Father, thank you for taking us through the book of First and 2 Peter. Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for allowing us to see uh, the transformation in Peter's life. What a transformation. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would walk away from this with something um, that would be lasting if we would be thinking about this great salvation that has been provided for us, if we would uh, be thinking about how we are to live our lives uh, now as followers of Jesus Christ, if we are to to be warned, Lord over and over again about false teachers about about people twisting the scripture and and and, and disciples after them instead of disciples after you. Or Lord, if we walk away and say, he is, I needed to be reminded that He is coming again. God's Word says He is coming again. And I need to have my life in line with that. I'm a citizen of heaven. And therefore, I'm looking forward to His return. May our, may our uh, vocal cords be open, more open to say the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to this world. We ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen.